This is a podcast from Minute Media. Liftoff will start in T minus 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. This is Craig Ackerman, TV play-by-play announcer for the Houston Rockets. What's up, everyone? This is Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked on Rockets. This is Chris Chavez. This is your boy, Heezy, a.k.a. Raheel Ramzanali. It's Sean from Shots and Thoughts. This is Will, a.k.a. Bias Houston. This is Chucky Brown, former NBA basketball player for the 1995 NBA champion Houston Rockets. This is Timoteo Keister. What up, what up? It's Roosh Williams, the Mastodon himself. What's up, Rockets fans? This is Hollywood Don Knock. This is Devin White, a.k.a. The Gentleman. It's your boy, Von Wafer, former Houston Rocket, retired professional NBA basketball player. Five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition. This is Jonathan Sanford, public address announcer for your Houston Rockets. You're listening to The Summit State of Mind. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks. And everything Houston Rockets presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network and the official podcast to fan site is Houston Rockets website, SpaceCityScoop.com. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. Of course, with me as always is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. GM, it's been about a week out since we had recorded our last episode. I can't remember the last time we've done one episode in a week, but here we are today. But we're going to be chugging them out as they come along. But obviously, we're recording here on a very special Sunday, very special day. Special day indeed. And uh, and I know that you want to say something in regards to that. So I'll lay it up to you now. But uh, happy Mother's Day. But go ahead. Yeah, I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Just uh, Thank you so much for being you guys. You guys are the people that make the world go round. Um, you know, let's just all take a moment to be thankful and to, um, greet our mothers and tell them thank you so much and how much we love them. So, you know, let's just give a small, short shout out to the mothers out there for being there for us, for taking care of us, sacrificing for us, showing us all the unconditional love. Thank you. And, you know, just wanted to give you that, give, you know, give the moms that moment. Um, but yeah, like it's a Sunday, super chill, nothing crazy, you know, um, it's that world. What's today? May eighth, May ninth. Did you see? Did you see the Jalen Green? Yeah, I did. That was Green awesome. His Instagram. Did you see what he had shown? Oh my gosh! Yeah, but I, that um, you know, like what he did for his mother. That was so cool. I thought that when I when I initially saw that, like I was like, man, this is our cornerstone. Like I was <laughs> like, that's that's our guy. Yeah, man. That, I was so proud of him. I am. What a moment. Yeah, very proud and just, you know, just a wonderful moment as a son to be able to do that for his mother. And, you know, that is the coolest thing and just so proud to be a fan of his and so proud of him to be a member of our Houston Rockets. I can't fathom this because I guess it's just the syndrome of having James Harden for as long as we did. But the fact that I don't know. people can call out Jalen Green for the fact that maybe he publicized that, but at the same time, like, how would you not? Like, I feel like if any of us were in those shoes and we had that uh, type of platform and all the sacrifices that a mom can make, like, absolutely, I'd I'd show out. Like, I'd show out at that moment if I'm 20 years old and I'm making 
a ton of money for doing the sport that I love and the mom, you know, putting it out there that she had taken care of him and helped him get to that point. Like, absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. so very well deserved, very well deserved. And if you haven't seen it already, go on Jalen Green's Instagram right now. You can see it. It's absolutely touching. Very beautiful. Uh, you get to see the mom and it's a pure surprise. He bought her i think like it was like a mercedes suv like a mercedes I suv i don't know maybe a gle i can't remember off the top of my head but it was absolutely beautiful what a heartwarming moment what a what a heartwarming episode and what a heartwarming start <laughs> there you go to this uh to we're, this we're getting all the fuzzies out there yes yeah, speaking of the fuzzies though so this weekend so okay so i'm still nursing the ankle right so i made sure that i took it easy and stayed home but a, a little random share but GM, you would never guess what I ended up doing. So I elevated my foot and I decided to go on a decom marathon. A legit decom, dude. Disney Channel original movie. Oh, you did that. I legit went on a Disney Channel original movie marathon. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like Johnny Tsunami, Brink, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, going to the Mat, Smart House. I'm talking you went about all like in. all of that. All in. The thirteenth year, bro. I just. I felt straight childhood at that moment. Like, I was like, man, I'm just chilling here. I'm not doing anything. I literally have a day to myself. I'm going to go on a decom marathon. Shout-outs to, shout to Disney Channel because uh, they don't get enough love, in when, my opinion. When you said decom, I thought you were saying you were decompressing. I oh, mean, yeah, yeah I mean, that, that's, uh, that, 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 that's probably true in the sense as well. <laughs> I mean, you know. Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, I was decompressing too. It's a bit of both. It's a little column A, a little column B. So, GM, let's let's talk about this right now before we move into the first segment. But shout outs to Shots and Thoughts. Uh, tell us tell us what we're drinking because we actually have drinks right now. We're a little drink skis. Mm-hmm. What are we drinking? We are drinking a pair of Sonic Seltzers. You know, um, I had to help out one of my accounts. You know, they're selling some seltzers on the cheap. Bought a t- n- nice twelve ski from them. Actually, I have another twelve ski sitting out in the in the living room. So a twenty four ski. Yeah, I got twenty fours. Oh my god! You know, twenty fours, twenty fours. Tipping on twenty fours now. But not yeah, it's tipping on four fours. I know. know this. I'm from Houston, guys. Calm down. But yes, we have some Sonic Seltzers that we're sipping on. You know, Fantastic. Um, they're very good. Wait, Love the them. Flavor? Super light. What's the flavor for you? I'm drinking mango guava. I, I'm drinking orange pineapple, which is fantastic. We're not even sponsored by Sonic, but we'll give you a shout out regardless. Love you, Sonic, because I, I remember at one point J-Dub talked about ocean water, so. Oh, man, I love ocean yeah, water, yeah, man. So. Yes. Sh- Shout-outs to Sonic. We're not sponsored by any means by them, but we'll, we'll, we'll give them a shout-out regardless. And shout-out to Shots and Thoughts, because they're the ones that, <laughs> that totally patented that whole thing. What are we drinking? So, shout-outs to y'all. Of course. Appreciate y'all. We're t- we promise we're not stealing it from you. We're only that, slightly, I- we're slightly borrowing it, and we're going to give it back. <laughs> so, let's move into the segment. Look, there's been a lot of stuff happening as of late. We've segued ourselves into different episodes. Obviously, we covered the OBL last week, which was a wonderful. Uh, we we had the we had a PA announcer week <laughs> with Jonathan Sanford and Matt Thomas, but we've kind of skewed away from what's been going on recently. So this is basically going to be an episode where we're going to be talking about everything that is present day, everything that is going on, a little catching up for everybody that maybe has either uh, maybe not not following the Rockets right now. So we're going to be catching up to that. So let's talk about the first thing that's been first and foremost, GM. Tillman's Mm. comments. He recently was on an article uh, written by Brian T. Smith of the Houston Chronicle. Mm -hmm. And I found this. Shout-outs to Ben DuBose because I went on USA Today through his website. So if you guys need anything there in regards to article writing, he 
He kills it. Ben Dubose is awesome. Go on Rockets Wire on USA Today. Mm-hmm. But he went ahead and wrote an article of this article. So, But the original article was written by Brian T. Smith of the Houston Chronicle. So among Fertitta's comments, he says, I think you're going to see improvement this year. And I think our big move is after this coming year. We expect to win more ball games this coming season. And we expect to make a big move the next year. It is difficult. But basketball operations has a plan and there is a process. And you have to be disciplined not to meddle with this process and give this plan an opportunity to take. I love this first and foremost just because of the fact that it goes right in line from what we were kind of hearing already. Mm -hmm. And I love this whole process. I'm going to give my opinions in just a moment. But after kind of listening to these comments, GM... What was your overall take in regards to what Tillman Fertitta said? Was he spot on, or do you think that maybe it was a little off? What did you think? I think it sounds about right, considering that the trajectory of what the team is trying to do is be good after the 2023 season. I'm not saying that they don't want to be good this upcoming year after this upcoming draft. It's just more so whether or not we have the talent to compete in the West for a playoff spot. And with the roster that we currently have, and in maybe adding one potential, well, two more picks, um, considering what's going to happen in the upcoming NBA draft, um, I'm just not sure whether the team will be good enough to compete. We can get a play-in spot if everything falls right, and every player plays to the best version of themselves, but obviously that's not a guarantee, um, but what I can state is when he's saying that a big move can occur in 2023, maybe he even said it to be misconstrued. Maybe a big move could happen this off season. I'm not a fan of us making a big move this off season, but there are two guys in particular who can be available via trade, uh, both from the Utah jazz, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Um, you know, shout out to our guys, James Piercy and uh nb lindbergh they've talked about it ad nauseum on their podcast above the break many shout out to them james piercy just posted an article stating how how would you feel about donovan mitchell coming or rudy gobert and what <laughs> and then the second article that just posted this morning saying he is not a fit i agree i, I i'm not I don't want anybody. I mean, no, if, me if, neither. If this, is, if this is up to me, if I mm-hmm. am in Raphael Stone's shoes, yes. I prefer to just keep doing what we're doing, stick to the plan. There's no need to go after any of like the huge names now. Yeah. You unless look, like a deal a good deal comes through. I mean Yeah, no, I not get that. including any of our own picks. I mean but maybe a Brooklyn saying, pick like, further, you but you, you don't can't, know. You can't claim a Donovan Mitchell or a Rudy Gobert unless you mortgage some of your future picks. Yes. Um. Gosh, maybe the 17th pick this year, which I would not want to be uh, traded away. Obviously, but unless it's for a unless it's for a lottery pick, which we're going to talk about later on. Mm-hmm. But I love Tillman's comments in regards to what he's saying about following the plan, following this this idea of the tank because we are officially going into I, people think it's year three i'm gonna call it year two this is technically year two of the tank or year th- oh well yeah year three i'm gonna call it year three of the tank so we're in technically in year three of the tank right now mm-hmm. i love i love what he's saying because it's it's following the process and not trying to 
to go away from the process of actually making something happen right away just because there's something or someone that's available to mm-hmm. you. Yeah. This team is not going to be significantly better this year or this coming year than the team was last year. You're going to add a high-value pick, a top-five pick, and you're going to add most likely a 17th pick to that. So two draft picks. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to move the needle enough. And it no, shouldn't move not. the needle enough right away. No. You're going to have year two of Jalen, year, th- year two of LP, year two of Jacob, year two of uh, Usman Garuba. I fully intend for that team to not be ultra competitive. But next offseason, which is, in my opinion is probably going to be the most critical offseason in recent memory, yeah. 2023, because that's when the pick swaps with OKC Thunder comes into play. Yeah, well, the so, 2024 pick. Yeah, but that's what yeah, I'm saying, yeah, yeah, that yeah. next year. Yeah, so that's yeah. why it, it, it gives this team the means to be competitive mm-hmm. next year. Yeah. So they don't need to push that envelope now. Don't force the, don't force the square peg into the round hole now. Absolutely. Trust the process because you're going to go into year – by next year, you're going to be going into year three with LP and Jalen Green, which I fully expect that's when the major yeah. jump would Absolutely. happen. Absolutely. Bet- between both players, yeah. most likely Jalen Green. Mm-hmm. But – I love Tillman's comments. It shows that he's trusting the front office. Mm-hmm. It shows that they're all under a singular vision mm-hmm. and that they want this this process, this plan to work. And at this point, what you do, what my dream would be is that you would get the next draft pick. You do okay. Maybe vie for a maybe vie for top 7 next year in the draft, maybe top 8 and then maybe you can squeeze your way in to get I mean I mean yeah I, I, I mean, would love to get Wemby or yes, Scoot or yes, Scoot. Yes. Like don't get me wrong, dude. I would I, love I've that. I've been on the Scoot Henderson bandwagon forever. I've been You've on the, known it. Man, I'm I've been vocal about it on the podcast. Hey, you tell me right now, dude. You you can't tell me you wouldn't want Victor Wembanyama. Everyone says I'm not Wemby. saying I wouldn't want I wouldn't Victor wa- Wembanyama. I just prefer Scoot. Oh no! As I I'm think, push that agenda. I think Justin that- does not like Wembanyama. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But you know, like, like outside of how elite that 2023 draft class can be. Yeah. Well, let's let's two yeah elite. let's let's not even talk like. Another thing is that there are at least good six to eight players going out in that draft that could yeah. be impact players immediately coming out, yep. right? Yep. And I'm not saying that it's one of the best ever draft classes, but it certainly has the potential to be generational. That that re, uh, that remains to be seen. Yeah, we need we uh, we're a year away mm-hmm. from. We're talking about the 2023 class, right? Yes. I want to give them another year. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah, claim yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to claim that no, they're going to be generational by I any get means, that. Uh-huh. but. But yeah, I, I see what you mean mm-hmm. though. The, the talent is there, like the, mm-hmm. the potentials there with that with yeah. that crop. But if so, let's say that the Rockets stick to the plan right now, like mm-hmm. what Tillman is saying, and uh, just right off the bat in May eighth, Mother's Day, Sunday in twenty twenty two, what would their record like? Give me their win total. What would their win total be? Are we are we pushing over twenty five, under twenty five? What do you think? Uh, take the over the oh, well, let's take the over the under on twenty five. I'm going over. You're going to pick the over. I'm going to say 26 and 56 next okay. year. Um, but that's not because of the fact that this team isn't good. I think that they're going to try. I don't think that they're going to purposely tank in the sense. I just don't think they have the talent to compete. Yeah, they didn't purposefully. They didn't purposefully tank last like like this year either. So no, it just was yeah. more. It was just more of the fact that they just they just weren't good. Yeah. 
I, you know, they just this team just was not talented enough to to be competitive. They just weren't. They mm-hmm. they they lacked defense, which is everything in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I so, mean, yeah. you know, let me let's let's deviate away actually from the the draft class, but let's talk about the free agency class as well mm. coming into that year. Um there's quite a few notable names that people have mentioned. Let's go. Give it to but me. But obviously there are the big big names. If you want me to just mention a few. Please do. There's LeBron who could potentially be a free agent. Oh, Lord. The return of the prodigal son, James Harden, is a possibility. Um, I'm going to skip John Wall and Russell Westbrook, obviously, for reasons. Chris Middleton has a player option that year. Ah. Brad- Bradley Beal is ah, unrestricted. That's, that's the one. Kyrie Irving, that's... unrestricted. He'll probably resign. MVP, reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic. Unrestricted. They gotta lock that in. But I think they I think he said he was gonna sign the extension as soon as they offered it. But I'm yeah. not. I don't recall if that's what happened. I can be wrong, guys. Um, well, there's no deal official as of right now. Yeah, so. but let's keep, let's keep going. Andrew Wiggins is another name. Ooh, I don't know if they'll keep him. No, that that's that's a difficult call. Fred Van Vliet has a player option that year, and I'm pretty sure he's gonna opt out. Yeah. To go into free agency. Yeah. Harrison Barnes, Kenny's favorite player. Hey. Okay. No. 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 Okay. You you can stop. All right, we're good, we're good, we're good. Harrison Barnes, always and forever. Sign him, get the top five pick, and you are good, y'all. We're competing for a title now. I have I have some, I uh, you know, like, there are other names as well. Like, a Jeremy Grant will be an unrestricted free agent that summer. Miles Turner, Bojan Bogdanovic, Bogdan Bogdanovic, right? <laughs> Everyone's favorite player, Karis Levert, free agent. A favorite of mine, Gary Trent Jr., free agent you know and, and the list goes on and on of the possibilities whether that actually happens the whole story but that's what i'm saying in the sense of what maybe what tillman might be keeping an eye on and obviously i hate to say it but you know like there is some form of tampering in the nba always, naturally always by players recruiting <laughs> other players yeah, and maybe yeah. Fertita has an idea about who is talking to whom, but that's neither here nor there. What I'm saying is that I don't believe that they're hinging all of their hopes on that, but they have an eye for that because they understand that they believe that after 2022-2023, players like Jalen Green, Alperin Shangun, maybe potentially a Kevin Porter Jr. will be seen as players that other uh, good great nba players potential all-stars would want to play with yeah so you know like our core is so young that they can help carry the older men but you know it just always depends based on fit and who is interested and money but we'll have an inordinate amount of money available yeah yeah i mean obviously if everything works out and everything goes according to plan if we stick to the plan two max slots end up opening up in 2023 yep um we can dive into that in future episodes about who we would throw that on but I think as of right now, though, after hearing just everything that you're saying, I want this team in particular to continue to stay to stay down this path because of the fact that if this team ends up developing exactly as we expect them to develop, you can liken this team similarly, and I've always said this, to a team like Phoenix that is... You're gonna go with your homegrown crop first. You're gonna you're gonna grow your crop. You're gonna you're gonna water your crop. You're gonna develop your crop until you know until 
they develop into the stars that they're supposed to or borderline stars that they intend to be. Mm -hmm. But then that's when you immediately jump on because this team as a whole is not going to win a title by any means. You need that. You need one veteran, two veterans, maybe even three that are savvy. But obviously one out of those two or three veterans need to be either a star or a borderline star. So that's what getting someone like like in that 2023 free agent class would be very, very necessary to do because what Chris Paul did to Phoenix, like people, people fail to realize that Phoenix didn't even make the playoffs in the bubble. Like they had never, they hadn't been in the playoffs in years. Like people tend to forget that, and all of a sudden, boom, you you acquire Chris Paul, and then boom, just like that, they're competing for a championship. Yep. All it takes is just that one piece. Like people tend to forget that. People think that maybe Phoenix had been competing for a playoff, like they had been, you know, in the in the playoffs, and they've been maybe eliminated in the first or second round, like Portland. But no, they weren't even there. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I really liken that to Houston. All it takes is another year or two of these guys to just continue to develop and follow the plan, and then you can get someone next year. Maybe, some, like, this is not a very popular opinion, but if Harden is a different player and Harden has a different mindset and he has the veteran-like presence to want to lead this team and help establish that culture, I'm not 100% confident he can do that, but... You know, he would come back and help this team win. Chris Paul is an anomaly, in my opinion. He's one of the greatest point guards of our generation, and we're going to talk about him actually later. But he is a culture setter, and I've said this from the beginning. When he went into Phoenix, it ended up changing everything. So if you are the Rockets, if you're this team, you follow the blueprint, you follow the plan, Mm -hmm. and then you do another year. And then when you go into year three with Jalen, with Alpi, jump on it now by getting a star Maybe like a borderline star, and then maybe a like another swing, maybe like a swingman small forward that can do a little bit of everything, a la Jay Crowder, you know, someone like that, yeah. someone along those lines. And then boom, you're talking, dude, you're talking a whole nother ball game. Now mm-hmm. you're talking about competing, yeah, maybe top five in the West, top four in the West, dude. The West is freaking bonkers right now. So I can only, it, it's not going to be easy, and this team yeah. isn't going to be competitive bottom line next year. But good, good callouts in terms of the free agent class. That's going to be uh, available next year. I totally forgot that LeBron's going to be available right when uh, LeBron, right when uh, what is it, Bronny becomes available. So yeah, uh, who wants to who wants to draft Bronny? We'll see what happens. I don't know, we're going to see what we'll definitely see what happens. But <laughs> okay, so in regards to Tillman Fertitta's comments, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up in a bow before we end the first segment. Uh, just from my perspective. Like I said before, and I'm going to continue to echo it, uh, just stick to the plan. There's no need that you need to change anything. Don't pull the trigger too early. Don't, don't, um, that's the thing. It's such a fine web. It's such a, like a fine web that you weave because if you're thinking about it, you're really playing a balancing act. You don't want to hold on to those assets for too long because you're not going to spend every draft pick. Yep, exactly. Or, but you also don't want to pull that trigger too early and mess up the process. So, yeah. GM, right now, in your opinion, what what should the Rockets do before we end the segment? Um, I do want us to continue to go with the process. And then if a deal comes up where they truly believe that is someone that can help swing for the fences or someone that gets unhappy, I mean, I'm not going to obviously, you know, like, and if this is an example, it doesn't mean it's a possibility. But, you know, like, how everyone always wants John Morant to come here because he's a huge Rockets fan. Like, if yeah. he becomes unhappy in Memphis and shit goes down and and they decide, like, okay, it's time for us to blow it up despite his happiness, you know? Um, maybe we have the pieces to trade 
to get a player of his caliber because of our picks. You know, I'm just saying in that sense. Mm. Um, that's a really probably bad example because unrealistic. But I'm just stating in the sense about what I believe will be a possible trade in the sense of impact. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean John Morant particularly, but in the John Morant impact level, like star, like all-star. someone of that caliber. Yes, you wouldn't exactly. pull the trigger for any. Yeah, for like unless it's someone of that caliber. Obviously, a game changer. I totally agree with you, hundred percent. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It'd be very maybe like three or four players in mm-hmm. the NBA, yeah. like today. And I'll even argue, I don't know if I'd do it for Luka. I don't know if I would. I know a lot of people um, would, but I, I don't know if I would. That, that's a whole other ballgame, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I don't know. I don't believe in him. That's just that's just where I stand right now. I could be eating crow in a few weeks <laughs> if they eliminate uh, Phoenix, but it's 2-2 right now, but yeah, what I'm saying. I yeah. don't know. I just don't. Just not a fan of his attitude. But I anyways. like Luka's <laughs> impact. He can, he can yeah, make yeah, an you, impact. You're a Luka stan. You're a Luka stan. You're a well, I was a Luka guy when you were a Luka b- guy. before he even got drafted. That's so. what I'm saying. Yeah, you're an LP guy and a Luka guy. So one time for the one time for the Luka guys, <laughs> the few, the proud in the city of Houston. Good stuff, GM. All right, let's move on to the next segment of our pod. But before we do, we obviously have to give out a big ad and a big shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Give us one moment, and we will be right back. Hey, it's Matt Thomas, radio voice of the Houston Rockets. If you're not listening to Summit State of Mind, you're not a Rockets fan. Booyah. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Summit State of Mind presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network. I'm your host once again. And, of course, I'm always joined by the GM himself in the flesh, in person. GM, WrestleMania Backlash is on literally right behind you, right in front of us right now. Yeah. That's uh, pretty exciting stuff. You didn't even know. You didn't even remember it was today, huh? I had no idea, to be honest with you. <laughs> I had no clue. I haven't been thinking about it. Do we hate? Do we hate WWE? Do we hate, no. a- do we hate AEW? Can I'm everyone not a, just be happy? I, I'm not a hater of anything. There I you just go. enjoy wrestling, and I enjoy good wrestling. No, 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 no. Let, let's, let's, let's clarify something. You, you love wrestling. You're a hater of Doc Rivers. Easily, easily. If anyone knows me, how much I have a disdain for Doc Rivers. I could give you a whole segment. Like, I could literally give you a whole segment, like a 20-minute segment, and I really feel like the GM can monologue for 20 straight minutes. No, we don't have to do that. No, 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 I know, but I'm just saying, like, that's a future episode. (laughs) Yes, one of these days. If enough people ask for it, we'll do it. Absolutely. There you go. If you guys want to want it, put it on our t- tweet it out to us if you want the twenty minute monologue of why the GM does not disdains uh, Doc Rivers with a with a fiery passion for years <laughs> on end. Yes. But GM, let's move forward now. Let's talk about obviously look, the draft is about the well the draft lottery is about a week and a half away, so we're about to figure out whether or not, you know, the Rockets are gonna be drafting you know, the likes of Jabari Jabari Smith mm-hmm. or Paolo Bancaro or on the low end of the spectrum, you know, you're driving, you're drafting a shade on sharp yeah. pos- as a possibility. Mm-hmm. So I just want to talk about the draft as of right now. What's been going on recently? Has any of so I've been doing a lot of like, you know, research breakdowns. I've been yeah. doing a lot of research in regards to that. But for you, you know, May 8th, we're about a few weeks after our after our pre-draft exercise that mock draft exercise that we did mm-hmm. you know i wasn't even call it an exercise but you call it an exercise and it's now stuck in my head so draft exercise mm-hmm. has your perception changed at all in regards to who you want you wanted paolo 
between Paolo and Jabari. Mm-hmm. Has it changed? Are we Jabari Jungle or are we still Paolo Bancaro? I'm still for Paolo Bancaro. Um, I do believe that he could work well with Jalen, and we've seen teams in the playoffs that only had one dependable player that can handle the ball and how it worked. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say that Kevin Porter Jr. isn't the second ball handler. He is the point guard. But who do you want the ball? Who do you want with the ball when it is crunch time? You want it when, in Jalen Green's hands. Yeah. Um, and we've all seen Kevin Porter Jr.'s his stat line when he's in the paint. He's not too great, but he's an incredible three-point shooter thus far, especially catch-and-shoot-wise. Um, you want someone that can handle the ball in the mid-post area. And Paulo Bincaro has the has that size, and he has the body type to be able to handle NBA defenses in that sense, especially post wise. And I believe that he could be of something that could complement Jalen in that sense. Yeah. I'm not saying that he is going to be a star. I'm not saying that he is the best fit, but I do believe he can be the most impactful player in regards to being a guy right but that's just my opinion it's how i feel and i feel like it's a very divisive subject right now in the sense of rock twitter as a whole i i don't know like look i'll I'll be honest with you i'm at a place right now where as long as we land in the top three i'm okay with whoever we get I don't dislike Paolo Bancaro. Like, let's get let's not get this twisted. I you just not, have a preference. I just have a preference. <laughs> Jabari Smith Jr., look, in regards to what he does, he doesn't... A lot of people... Look, the things that people don't like about him is the fact that, that he can't handle the ball, his uh, field goal percentage inside the paint, which is not very high. But if you think about it like this, if you watch his videos, what's the one thing that stands out? What's the one thing that can stand out on the offense? Which we which we've seen so much of this in the past years. Three words: no wasted dribbles. Yes. When he makes a move, it is concise. It is precise. It is to the point. It's a pull-up jumper that cannot be blocked it, at the apex of the shot. It, you liken it to a Dirk Nowitzki. Like it's, the, the shooting motion has nothing to do with Dirk Nowitzki, but the release, the set point is so high with no hitch in the jump shot that it it. It catapults it straight up to the point where you can't block it. Yeah. He virtually becomes unblockable at that sense. And because of the fact that there is no wasted dribbles, every dribble is precise. Every dribble is to the point. Every dribble is meant to either be a pull-up or a quick drive to the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to liken his ball-handling skills to Trevor Reza. I've heard people say that like in, in gist and jokingly, in joking manner. And, I, of course, I can kind of see that. But... At the end of the day, um, you think that I—I I just think that Jabari, he's better than what he's given credit for. Basically. I think that he's better than what he's given credit. Sense. I think he's better than what he's given credit for. Now, if we're talking in the sense of the Rockets, um, it's obvious that look, if you if if you're on Twitter, if you're on Rockets Twitter, and you have half a brain, you obviously know what the what's been going on. The the lean has been leaning towards Paolo Bancaro more. Um, if you go based on the likes on Twitter. 
Uh, Jabari Smith Jr. is liking a whole lot more of Detroit's uh, stuff. It's very uh, true. Detroit's propaganda, and Paolo Bancaro is literally liking all of the Rockets' propaganda. So if you can kind of already set in motion of what's kind of happening, you can kind of already see it. But, I mean, bottom line here is that it it, it doesn't – none of this matters – because of the fact that the draft lottery still has not happened yet. Mm -hmm. So we don't even know the positioning of any of the... Like, we could drop as low as five and none of this could matter. Detroit could drop as low as five and none of this could... I mean, drop as low as, you know, six or seven. Mm -hmm. And none of this could matter either. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) I don't know. It's just, I'm at a point now where, look, I still want Jabari. I've not yielded in my Jabari point, but I have warmed up. To Paolo Bancaro a lot more as of late. I can't deny it. And did you see that uh, he was on the F one? Uh, he's on the F one. Yeah, they races. called him Patrick Mahomes. They called him Patrick Mahomes. Did you see what? Did you see what I saw? I was like, man, this is wild, bro. How could you? Well, I, I mean, like, whoever whoever was interviewing this wasn't. Well, yeah, no, no, no. Well, he wasn't a. Well, he wasn't an American. I think he was someone from like uh, from Europe or something because he he had an he definitely had an accent. So, but um. I just thought it was funny because I, I think I when I had retweeted it, I was like, oh, don't you worry. Yeah. But everyone's going to know Paolo's name next year, guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a little slip up here and there. I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah. But GM, look, I, l- let's move forward in regards to the draft talk because, look, everyone is going to beat to the cows come home about that top three. Yeah. Bottom line. It's just the nature of the beast. But I want to talk about this, the, the possibility of, of jumping back into the lottery, which I don't think has been talked about enough. Mm-hmm. The Rockets have a 17th pick. They have a plethora of picks. Mm-hmm. They have young talent that they can they can dangle, mm-hmm. you know? And one of those names is going to be Jay Sean Tate. Not a lot of people are going to like it, but it's true. Jay Sean Tate, Christian Wood, you have pieces that you can use to move up into the draft if need be. If if this is the case, GM, and they really want to look into this, mm-hmm. and they want to look into moving up back into the lottery, off the top of your head, what what like spot would you th- would you maybe anticipate that these that Raphael Stone and all of them is going to maybe go for in terms of like I mean like obviously we would love okay let's get Jabari and Paolo that'd be yeah, great yeah. but realistically speaking like how high can we get? Um, I'd probably say between like 11 to 14, like just mm. the lower end of the lottery. And this is all just depending on whether any player that can be considered in the top 8 to 10 falls to that range and they're in love with those guys. I would actually be against the argument of trading up. I'd actually be in the argument if there's a player that you don't love at 17, trade down. Or maybe tr- trade for another draft like try to get another 2023 pick the 2023 draft is 10 times stronger in my opinion so if i were them if they really want to if there's nothing nobody that they're in love with at 17 for this draft you think about it trade down and get a pick next year try to get another asset for 2023 they already got theirs they already got milwaukee's first so maybe they can utilize something else where maybe this could be let's say hypotheticals if anyone recalls of uh, the 2002 NBA draft, the Houston Rockets had three first-round picks. They traded all three of those picks to grab Eddie Griffin at the top of the draft. And 
Rest in peace, Eddie Griffin. Yeah. But he was a great pick for that draft. He was very he was very young. And if anyone remembers who was the last pick of those three players that were traded, Richard Jefferson, mm. who was in turn traded to the New Jersey Nets at the time, who became an integral piece very impactful. Very impactful. of that championship. Well, they weren't they were the the Eastern Conference champions, New Jersey Nets with Jason Kidd. So, you know, like that's what I'm thinking of in the fact that if there is a player so that think they... it's more possible that it's actually there's a more a bigger possibility if you were to pick between the two that there would be a bigger possibility of them actually going down. Uh going down in, in my opinion if there was it, a it, choice between the two. If it were up to me, if I'm not in love with any of those guys, then yes. But I think it, yeah. that there might be a player that could potentially drop. Like if the new if a new Smani Jang drops, I can see Raphael Stone grabbing a Smani Jang, you know? Um yeah, he's he's slated at number nine right now, but I, I like if he drops, the they can Spurs, trade up. But that's the Spurs pick. See, that's the thing. Like, Spurs would love someone like a like a Jay Shante. Like, uh, yeah, that can match absolutely. Up. I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously, we'd, we'd be that'd be like a deep dive, which we would probably save for a future episode. Yeah, for trade scenarios, but yeah. um, that you know, then you kind of start thinking like, okay, like you know, what would be proper in terms of uh, what we would, what assets we would give away in terms of like, you know, what do the Spurs need, for instance, if they're yeah. pick number nine or pick number ten? Yeah, what do the Wizards need or eleven? What do the Knicks need? And then you kind of start thinking about like the needs of these teams mm. to you know make it happen. But I mean, otherwise, look, I, as of right now, there's so much happening. Right now, the 17th pick is belongs to the Rockets. According to some mock boards, we got Dyson Daniels going in, going for the 17th pick. Good player. Like I have nothing, I have nothing against getting a Dyson Daniels. He's just another guard in a very guard heavy like setup already that we kind of already have. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if it's up to uh, that's the thing. Like if it's up to me, I'm not like a big fan of trading Jay Sean Tate, But you'd be a fool to not at least look into it. Or a, a, or like we may hate on Christian Wood from time to time, but you you'd be a fool not to look into the you know mortgaging these guys. Actually, to be honest, if we even take a step back and, and talk further into this, uh, if we step out of the draft and actually talk uh, further into this, there there's been a lot of people on Rocket Twitter that don't you know they get attached to these guys and they get attached to these players. And Clutch and Roosh even said on Twitter like look at the end of the day how many of these guys are actually going to be here when the championship run happens so it's you know it's not a bad thing to look into these you know some of these players that are you know maybe get moved but a lot of these people have attachment to it funny enough me i don't have any special attachment to anybody yeah <laughs> like like outside of maybe like a Jalen green but you know in regards to yourself i mean the rockets would be fools to not look into it to not at least entertain a trade, right, with anybody, with yeah, any of these no, guys. I, I mean, I even agree. a KJ Martin I to agree. a degree, right? I agree. You know, like, you want to entertain the possibilities. You never know. You're just trying to make the team better and build a culture and bring in players that buy into the system more. And, you know, I would be opposed to trading KJ Martin more than I would be Jay Sean Tate. That's just my opinion based on fit and effort. But, I mean, I'm not saying that Jay Sean Tate doesn't try either. It's just more so along the lines of fit and what we want to bring to the table mm-hmm. into this rotation for 2022-2023. You know, I, I'm just not sold that late in the draft by anybody, but that's just me. Um, Raphael Stone, if it's he fair. wants it's a fair call. to keep the pick and draft, I'm all for it, man. If he feels that there is someone that can impact the team 
tomorrow, then do it, dude. Like, yeah, absolutely, you know? But if they're at a point where it's like they're just not a fan of whomever is available at that point, then trade down, trade out, try to get a 2023 first. You know, you never know. And then even then, you can use that in a package to trade Eric Gordon or a Mm. Christian Wood to get Mm -hmm. a formative player, you know, in the last year of a contract. Like Cam Johnson out of Phoenix, right? Don't you joke now. That's just, you know, that's just... Miles Bridges, don't you joke now. Yeah, see, (laughs) things like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just stating, like, we want to be... You want to be advantageous in the sense of being able to pounce at any possibility. That's true. Obviously, timing is everything. Mm-hmm. But you can see that Raphael Stone wants to have the metaphorical gun locked and loaded to shoot when the opportunity is presented. And, hey, man, I'm just thinking of possibilities. Just spitballing here, see whatever sticks, right? Yeah, So, no, yeah, that's that's, that's 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 just what idea. I'm thinking. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen in the draft? We don't we don't know. We're not in the in the war room with these guys. But, hey, man, like, I'm just excited to see what we do, excited what is going to happen moving forward with who even knows if we can trade anyone from the roster. I mean, but who knows, you know? No, what a fun time to be a Rockets fan. Like, really is. Like, I just remember years past stressing so hard over, like, who are we going to okay, add who, to James? Yeah, what are we going to do? Who can play with James and Chris Paul? Let's let's figure this out. Who can play with James and Dwight? Who yeah. can play with uh, Who can play with James and Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson? Like, it's just literally that it was that over and over again. So, I, like I said, it's so exciting to kind of so much possibilities, and it can yield in I any direction. Mm-hmm. It's still so early to call, and, and like I said, we're going to be continuing to talk about this as we move along. So let's move on to the next segment, and it's perfect because we had literally just talked about, you know, like like how it was in the past. But a lot of these past, ro- well, not a lot, but a few key past Rockets players, ex Rockets players, are in the playoffs currently. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the big two, James Harden and Chris Paul. I do want to talk about that right now, GM. I think it would be fun for the last segment of this episode to kind of just talk about like what these ex-Rockets have been up to and how they have been performing in the playoffs and whether or not um, there's been, uh, you know, whether it's they've played better than when they were here or they've played worse when they were here. But I want to say something before I lay any of this up to you because I think this needs to be said. Scenario. 2018-2019, Chris Paul goes down with a hamstring with another uh, hamstring injury uh, in December of t- 2018. And it's when Harden goes on the unguardable tour. And then Chris Paul in the second round against Golden State cannot get past his man. He can't do anything. He can't play well. He's not beating anybody off the dribble. He looks washed. Everyone said it. I thought it too. You'd be stupid and not think about that. Of course, you're going to think it because you just, you know, it's you have that recency bias at that moment. So you're going to think that. But in the long run, I always knew that Chris Paul would be fine. Mm -hmm. But if we fast forward over to now, we have a certain player that's performing and a certain player that's to a degree regressing to a degree i'm not saying that he's playing bad but he has regressed from the player he was once was when he was here chris paul point a let me get just points off the bat 
from game one in the 2022 playoffs up to game nine for him. Mm-hmm. 30 points, 17 points, 28 points, 4 points, 22 points, 33 points, 19 points, 28 points, and 12 points in his last game. Uh, last game, and I think he only had five. He only had five points today, uh, too. But that was because of uh, stupid fouls that were called. He only played twenty three minutes. Yeah, but um, and James Harden's stat line for points: twenty two points, fourteen points, nineteen points, twenty two points, fifteen, twenty two, sixteen, twenty seventeen. I just have to say this, GM, because this has been bugging me, and I just you gotta love the irony that's backed behind this whole thing. James Harden in 2019 scenario. In 2019, James Harden wanted Chris Paul gone because of the fact that he could not beat anybody off the dribble. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to 2022 playoffs, and Chris Paul is beating his man off the dribble. His his career his I mean his his playoff high this year is 33 points. James Harden, who is not beating anybody off the dribble, yeah, has his playoff high of only 22 points. The irony of it all, GM, of the fact that James Harden wanted Chris Paul beaten, wanted him out of Houston because he could not beat anyone off the dribble. Fast forward to 2022, and the man that he, the man that he claimed could not beat anyone off the dribble, is beating, is beating people off the dribble and getting his shots off and getting to his sweet spots. While meanwhile, James Harden, who is still, you know, kind of getting back into form, is not beating anybody off the dribble. Oh, the tangled web we weave, GM, in terms of what this is and the irony of basketball. Yeah. I just have to ask you in regards to that. James Harden, Chris Paul, they're always going to be intertwined. I don't think there's anything that we can ever say otherwise that will not link them. Mm-hmm. They're just forever going to be linked because of the, the should-have-been championship season. But in regards to everything that I said and stat lines and everything else like that, what has been your overall opinion of James Harden and Chris Paul this playoffs? Well, I can say that James Harden has certainly been underperforming. Um, You can see that he's just not performing at the same level that he once was. Maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's an old, I'm out of shape, and I just can't do it anymore because i like to party or maybe it's because of the lingering hamstring issue that hampered him in his last year at brooklyn in that playoffs last year you know maybe he came he what is it he came back too early didn't give him the right amount of time to heal we don't know i mean if he trained better maybe he would be better but everybody's body's different we can't really know exactly not everyone is built the same not everybody has the kobe michael jordan lebron james gene no of course it has to be have a very special person in order to have that right but what i'm saying though is that james harden is very certainly underperforming the man is shooting under 40 percent from the field and he's shooting 32 percent from three he is not performing well at all. And when the chips are down, especially with Embiid, right? Because Embiid had been missing the first two games of the second round. I mean, he's back now, so and they're yeah. winning tonight, mm-hmm. right? At currently, and we're in the third quarter currently. Yeah. And they're winning, so obviously mm-hmm. that. But I don't mean to cut you off, but yeah, go on. But I mean, you know, at this point in time, he is averaging a career high in playoff assists with nine. So yeah, there's yeah. that. We can do that. You know what I mean? It's 
just more so along the lines of that he is not performing yeah. to the level of what we expect exactly. of a James Harden. In terms of scoring. Yes. Because the assists are there. Yes. But do you, when you think of James Harden, do you think of passing first or, or scoring? It's, it's Obviously scoring. it's scoring. It's going to be we, scoring. We viewed him as someone that was a playmaker. The rest of the NBA did not. But that's because we watched him every game. Exactly. But he is certainly a shooting guard, more so a point guard. So, you know, when it comes to James... And with his performances, he's obviously underperforming. But like we stated, we just don't know what's happening. But I'm not going to deny the fact that James Harden typically underperforms in the playoffs. I'm not saying that he is... Let's not state and say that he is a choker. That is not true. I don't think he's, he's come to bad luck. He has had moments of where he just couldn't perform. He said times maybe where they believed that he was hurt, all of 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let's just deviate from that and focus on Chris Paul now. Like you stated, like the irony of Chris Paul not being able to perform, get past anyone, and now the tides have turned where James Harden can no longer get past anybody with his dribble dribble step back dribble dribble it's move just not, you know it's just not it's not quick anymore yes. like it's just not yes. it's not yes. quick anymore yeah and that's okay you know like let's 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 talk about this like with chris paul the, so far the guy's averaging a career high in field goal percentage at 57.6 percent from the monster field monster stuff man yes i mean he's a uh, he's always been automatic from midi and that's just how he's performing he's performing so well and you know that's exactly what he needs to give to phoenix but you know they're tied 2-2 right now they're not performing well he isn't performing well nope look at Doncic; had himself you know has had himself a great performance in game three mm-hmm. um i don't know much about game four to be honest with you. i didn't even look happened. at the box it score. just happened yeah, yeah. so, so we you know i i can't really like comment paul, that i just know that chris paul didn't end up performing he fell out. Perform well. He fouled out. Yeah. And you only played twenty three minutes. There were a couple dumb fouls that he ended up committing about yeah. you know halfway through the game. Yeah. So it's 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 it stinks. And unfortunately, you know, not every game you're gonna play is gonna be um is gonna be pinpoint and spot on. And mm-hmm. obviously Phoenix is not in the danger zone just yet, but they're definitely creeping towards getting to that point now. Yeah, uh, with with Dallas obviously, but I just to further, uh, you know, I, I want to step back, <laughs> step back. I want to step back just real quick and just kind of, you know, further expand on that what you were saying in the past about James Harden. I don't equate James Harden to being a choker. I just think everybody thought James Harden was of the Kobe mold. And of the Michael mold when he's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, I think that was like, that was an unfair that's thing an to unfair say. Thing. And like, I, I believed in him that he could be. I believed. I was in wrong too. in that. I believed in it too. But after remember, GM, I said this very distinctly after the 2014 playoffs. I told you he's not an alpha. He's a beta. We mm-hmm. got as close as we could get in the 2018 in the 2018 playoffs because of the fact that Chris Paul is and was the alpha of that team that's Mm -hmm. why they went as far as they did yeah because harden at the end of the day is not jordan and kobe chris paul is more he's more like jordan and kobe of just being deadly and hitting the big shots when they matter and just kind of you know like obviously harden hits big shots in the in the um in the season and he's hit a few in the postseason but but chris paul had made more like lasting impact in terms of like big time shots in the playoffs and just big time performances and he's doing it again this year Mm -hmm. but Chris Paul, uh, he's just, he's entered into this stratosphere. He's 37. 
Yeah. He can play until he's probably 40, 41, and he'll probably still play at a pretty high level. Like, because as long as he keeps his body in shape, like, I honestly think that he'll still be very, um, be very viable in the next few years. The flip side, James Harden, if we're talking about James Harden, how he is, he needs to cut that weight down. Absolutely. He, was, he had his best year in Houston in 20, in, he, in his MVP year because of the fact that he shed, he shed 15 pounds and he gained it back in muscle. And then that was the whole thing. He trimmed himself down and he was able to get some, like, even get a higher level of quickness. I think that Harden kind of needs to look into that now. I yeah. think that's the best yeah. time. Yeah. There's so much happening here. There's so much moving parts. Like, right as of right now, it's the third quarter, a minute 16 in the game. Uh, Philadelphia against Miami. Uh, Philly's down 1-2, and Philly's winning by 2 right now. It's 87-85. to mm-hmm. And... And Harden, you know, he's playing well, 15 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds. He's playing very, very well. But he's just not scoring at the clip that we're all used to. We're yeah. used to him being that guy. Like, like he should have 20 at this point, 20-plus. Yeah. But, we're, you know, he's not even there. So it's just crazy the way you kind of see it. And, of course, you know, on the other side, they're playing P.J. Tucker on the other end. And P.J. Tucker being everything that Miami has needed and then some. We don't need to expand upon P.J. Tucker. But uh, before we close this part of the segment, is there anything else you had to say in regards to this whole, you know, Chris Paul, James Harden conundrum? Mm. At at the end of the day, no matter what anyone may think, those two are always going to be intertwined. But is there anything that you want to say in regards to how they've been performing before we move on? Um, I would be worried about the Suns. Um, whether we'll see what happens in Game Five. The swing game. This is the, this is going to be the the game. We'll see what happens. This um, is going to be the game. Swing game. I'm here. really curious to see what happens. I thought Phoenix might have had it handled. I still think they win in. I think they win in seven, but I'm really curious to see how they respond. The Sixers. I just don't think they win against the Heat. To be honest with you, but if they can somehow get past the Heat, I'm just not sure if. Either of those teams can be Boston or Milwaukee. I think whoever wins between Boston and Milwaukee gets to the finals. Um, personally, I hate to say it, but I do want to see Phoenix Golden State. I do too. But if it's Dallas Golden State, I won't be mad. Just, I don't know, think I that Memphis. Yeah, Golden State's just going to mop them. Like, I don't I think that Memphis that. has any chance, considering now that John Morant might be out. Uh, you, everyone saw the Jordan Poole knee thing with John Morant and. I don't know what to say about it. I have no comment at this point. Uh, I have a, I have my, com- I have my comment. I'll make it quick uh, because I didn't want Golden State to take over any part of this episode whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen enough out of Golden State. Um, I, I'm not gonna lie, guys. I, I in my, and Jim's guilty of it too. We, they, they earned our respect this year. Let's not act like it. Let's not get it twisted. They were earning our respect this year. Steph is is a monster. Yeah, you 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 have to be crazy to not see that and not appreciate what he's doing for the and what he has done for the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. He's he's a hall he's a first ballot hall of famer. He's been killing it. He broke the record for threes. He earned my respect hundred percent. But this team has a tendency, no matter what. No matter what iteration of the team it may be, it could be the Kevin Durant-led Golden State Warriors or the, or you know now the Andrew Wiggins and Kuminga Golden State Warriors. But it just seems to be the same, man. There's always just something about these guys, and 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 there's always 
a series they always go into and a star gets hurt or a star is already hurt or the number mm-hmm. one option is out. Yeah. And once again, we are in this scenario where Golden State has entered and they and John I didn't I'm not going to say they took John Moran out, but John Moran is now out. He's not out for the series, but he's out for the next game. And I, I'm just at a point now where it's like I don't know, man. Golden How lucky State, does Golden State always have to be? Well, not even just lucky. I mean, cuz that that was pretty blatant for the most part. Mm-hmm. So that that alone is something that needs to be kind of looked into and I and I and I know that they're going to be looking into in the future, but I think just bottom line, it's Golden State's just going to be Golden State at the end of the day. It has nothing to do with the Rockets at this point, so I I feel a little bit more indifferent, but it's definitely not it's not conducive for the success of basketball. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. You want to play clean. Absolutely. You want to play respectfully. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I yeah, I'm just not a I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of what happened. I'm not a fan of how it went down. You don't want John Morant to get hurt just as much as I don't want to see Steph get hurt. I don't want the two big guns to go down. I want to see I want to see them yeah, go Yeah, I want to see the best basketball yeah. players on the court. Uh, you know, let's not talk about let's leave the fact that Desmond Bain has a hurt back. Mm-hmm. If De- I'm telling you, okay, you want to get a rise out of me? If Desmond Bain gets hurt, I promise you on the next episode, I will wild out. Like, I guarantee y'all. Like, I may, like, be playing it pretty nice right now and pretty much loosey-goosey, but I guarantee you that if my boy, my favorite player in the NBA outside of the Rockets, Desmond Bain gets hurt, you best believe on the next following episode, I will go ape shit and I will I will drop a new one on the Golden State Warriors. Guarantee. Especially if they cause it. But, I mean, if it's a self-inflicted injury, that's, that's, that's a whole other thing. My man is going to be angry. I will be angry. Like, I'll be, I'll be Justin Doc Rivers level angry. And that's that's hard to do. That's that's definitely hard to do. So, GM, let's get ready. Let's get ready to go home here. Um, once again, you know, this episode, we just wanted to pretty much talk about what's been going on with the Rockets, cover the draft, cover the NBA. You know, I like to think about it. GM, we covered, like, we covered all around, huh? We covered the United States of America over here, you know? We, 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 we covered it all. Uh, that like, we have. We that have, we yeah. have, huh? Yeah. I'm pretty proud of us. We huh? have. It's pretty big-time stuff. So, once again, you know, it just thank y'all for listening. We appreciate it. The GM appreciates it. Um, GM, anything you want to say before we get ready to go home here? Uh, I think that's it, really. Like, I'm just happy to be watching good playoff basketball. I mean, there's been a lot happening. It's so competitive out there right now. We don't even know who the champion is, who, who could possibly be the champion. And I think that's the best part about it. I love the fact that we don't even know who the champ is going to be this year. Like, there's the fact that there's no clear cut, like, dynasty running team is so refreshing. And the fact that the, and, and let's not even, like, talk about the fact that the East and the West is, like, evenly matched. You could even argue that the East is slightly stronger than the West for the first time in god knows how long True. like how, how how crazy that is so i think that's just incredible like the way that these chips are kind of laid out i phoenix was my pick and phoenix is now in a 2-2 lock so i don't know so that's that's the crazy part about all of this and mm-hmm. milwaukee may very well you know go back to back that's the thing so we'll see what happens as the, the playoffs continue to progress so we are watching it ladies and gentlemen we're maybe not be talking about it on the pod but we are watching it live as it goes down we can't wait to see what uh, continues to happen further but gm let's get ready to go home here it's always good to do an episode with you big mm. brother and uh let's get ready to go home give the people what they want give the people what they want give them the sign off one time <laughs> all right guys make sure to rate us first of all 
and download us as well on Apple, Spotify, or whatever you use to listen to any of your podcasts. Rate us five stars, please. Download us. Listen. And I'm going to say this now, fully shameless. Every download that you do helps put money in our pocket. So, guys, legitimately, (laughs) if you help us by downloading our episode, you will be helping us, you know, get better equipment, helping us throw better parties, you know, think about think about stuff like that guys so you know just do that small little favor for us you know i'm just gonna put yeah, that out we, there we shamelessly yeah. Yeah, no it's perfectly shamelessly. Fine. you know we don't have a patreon currently so we don't no we do not like we do that, not so. we do not so also make sure to follow us on twitter and instagram follow us on twitter at summit som pod and on instagram follow us on summit state of mind underscore pod hear that guys twitter summit som pod and on Instagram, Summit State of Mind underscore pod. And make sure to follow me on all of your, you know, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Follow me, JP underscore Mirabueno, M-I-R-A-B-U-E-N-O. Shoot me that follow. You know, if you see something that I say on Twitter and you're like, yo, dude, that's a dumb take. Give it to me, man. I'm all here. Don't take. I'm here. Follow. <laughs> I'm here for it. You know what I mean? Give it to me. I love it. Uh, yeah. So I, there's nothing more that I need to add other than give me a follow as well on Twitter uh, at Summit Commish. S U M M I T C O M M I S H. I post anything in regards to the Houston Rockets, uh, what I'm doing during the week. I don't know. Myself and the GM only have like 400 plus followers, but I really feel like we deserve more. <laughs> wink, wink. So go ahead and uh, I'm going to shamelessly plug that out there too. Give us a follow there as well. On Twitter, we could always use more uh, followers. Just, to, you know, it, it, it's good to know that we have more followers just so we can also put out more content for y'all. And uh, yeah. So like I said, the Summit State of Mind podcast, Truck and Strong, started back up again in June of 2020, and we're almost at our two-year anniversary. Uh, we're actually a month away from our two-year anniversary. So, wow, crazy the, the way that this uh, world works. And we've been so blessed and uh, so happy at the success of our podcast and where all the different opportunities that lands us and the future opportunities that it may land us. Mm-hmm. So we just appreciate that. And we appreciate all of you. Uh, big time thank you and shout-outs to all of our fans that have followed us from day one, uh, episode one, all the way up to now, episode 92. 596 I don't even know what number I think we're, we're at 96 at. I think we're at 96 legitimately yeah we're at 90 wait 96 before we go home I just have to look I just want to confirm this oh no no episode 95 this will be episode 95 so just incredible the way that this uh, all happens uh, we appreciate it we appreciate all of you we appreciate everyone that's helped us along the way as well so big time shout outs to all of you. Y'all are the real MVPs of our podcast. And the GM is uh, an MVP as well. So let's get ready to go home here on the fact that, look, uh, even though the pandemic has been uh, kind of, you know, dying away, thank goodness, uh, this day and age, make sure that you are taking care of yourselves. And most importantly, make sure that you are taking care of each other. That is it at the end of this episode. Stay tuned for another episode that's going to come out later in the week. We appreciate y'all from myself and the GM. Have a good rest of your day. And take care. He's on fire! Aw, you didn't have to go so all out for my birthday. Yes, we did. Because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for their... 
This is Jamie from Progressive. No, this is a great time. Progressive protects you 24-7. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. <clears throat> Jamie. Can you hold on one second? Uh, I gotta take this call, but remember, birthdays are about togetherness. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. The Summit. Four, 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 five.